Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Summoning of the ancestors is how we how we defeat this thing called oppression. And I know that Latasha Brown and Cliff Albright stand on some shoulders when they're out in the streets getting people motivated to vote. And let me welcome to the show for the first time co-founder of Black Voters Matter, Mr. Cliff Albright. Welcome. Unmute. Unmute. Thanks. Thanks for having me. For the standing ovation. Yeah, you get you get all of that. You get all of that. Listen, um, not many of us have the energy, the time, the wherewithal to be out there to get people to do something that Black people, in many ways, have felt let down by. You know, this political process has really given us a middle finger over the last 40, 50 years with all of the rights, with all of the bills passing, with all of the folk elected, including a Barack Hussein Obama. Not much has changed during the wake of everything. We still have had a George Floyd and a Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. This country has told us um, we can kiss their behind, but you and Latasha and millions of other Americans are getting out there and saying, no, no, no. No, we're going to keep fighting. Why do you do this work? Well, because it's it's literally about our lives, right? It's, it's about, you know, the ability to have self-determination, to be able to control the surroundings, control the conditions that, that we live under. At the end of the day, the folks that are elected into these offices, uh, they have a lot of control, a lot of influence over our lives. Everything, you know, one of the things I always say is everything you think of from the way that we enter this world, right? The birth certificate that we have, the place that's licensed to even deliver babies, right? From the way we enter the world until the way that we leave this world, right? In terms of our death certificates and the regulation of funeral homes and really everything in between is really um, touched by folks that are elected into these offices. So it's literally a matter of, uh, of, of life, our livelihoods, our quality of life, our education, our housing, our jobs, right? Our families, uh, it's about all of that. And at the end of the day, if there's some decisions being made that affect me and my life, I want to be a part of that. And I believe and we believe that our communities have a right to be able to determine their futures. And one way of doing that, one way of building the power that it takes to do that is through this electoral process. It's not the only way, but it's a critical part of the puzzle. Take me back to the origin story, Cliff Albright. Where were you when Black Voters Matter was born? Well, that's a that's a hard question to ask. You know, Latasha and I always laugh when we get that question because there's different origin points, right? There's the, the origin by which we came into this into this work, right? Which for me started as a campus activist when I was at Cornell, right? Um, there's there's our commitment to the electoral process, which for me started in the year 2000 in Selma, Alabama, when I participated in organizing my first election, which was to to elect the Selma's first black mayor in the year 2000, keeping in mind that the mayor that we had to beat to do so was the same mayor that was the mayor on Bloody Sunday in Selma in 1965. He was still mayor up until the year 2000. I tell people all the time, the night of that election, when black folks literally started to celebrate, when the the results were announced, and black folks started to celebrate in the streets, standing on cars, dancing on cars, dancing in the street, crying tears of joy, that was the night that I recognized uh, the power of self-determination, the power that could come from this electoral process. And so to a certain extent, that was the night that, that uh, Black Voters Matter was started. But in a, in a literal sense, we started the organization in 2016, only did one small election then. And then in 2017, we went big with the Alabama Senate race, Doug Jones and Roy Moore. And that's really what propelled us into the national attention. Pol- all politics is local. That's the quote. Um, in the last hour, 
earlier last week, I actually talked with Tiffany D. Lofton, uh, who was one mm-hmm. of the youth uh, leaders of the NAACP, has recently left there. Uh, and I'm playing the interview, but she she got involved with organizing on a college campus. So I'm hearing you, Cliff Albright, got involved in organizing on a, on a predominantly white college campus, Tiffany Lofton mm-hmm. in San Diego. You in, in upstate New York, Cornell. What happened? What got you involved? Um, well, the, the, the most immediate thing was that it was a financial aid issue, right? That at the time, there was a, uh, an announcement made that they were going to cut financial aid. We knew what that meant for black and brown students who were on that campus. And it, it meant that we literally might not be there anymore. And so we organized ourselves, actually took a, did a building takeover, which uh, on Cornell's campus is always an interesting thing because they had such a big takeover in 1969. There's a famous photo of like the, the black activists coming out of the, the student union and they've got the the weapons, the machine guns, and the sachets around the chest. And, uh, and so whenever we had conflict with the administration, when I was there in the, in the late 80s and the 90s, it would always be, you know, remember what they did in 69, remember the straight takeover. And so we took over a building um, over this financial aid issue. And that was really the launch of, of, of my activism. And really, I always say everything that I do now, everything that I've, I've fundamentally that I use in my organizing now, I learned as a student activist, when you're talking about how to build coalitions, how to, how to match strategy, how to match strategy to your demands, um, you know, how to sustain movements, how to communicate and message, how to tap into culture, which is something that we had to use while we were inside the building, right? All, many of the key ingredients that uh, really become a fundamental part of my organizing today, I really learned as a, as a student activist. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. As people are listening to you, I know that a lot of us. For for me, it was apartheid on my campus, and I had uh, mm-hmm. one of my best friends was Brian uh, Toka, who was from South Africa. He was a soccer player on the campus of Drew, and we got really involved because they had a rugby team that that also had a slave sale, you know, to raise money, and that was you know uh, interesting, you know, to 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 see that play out. But you know, as as we leave school, some of us forget, you know, yeah. the, the, you know, cause you got that youthful energy. We, when we talk about movements, you, you talk about black Panther, you know, 20 something year olds, college campus, Fred Hampton, 20 years old, 18, 19 year olds. How do we keep it going? Like how are you and Latasha still keeping it going? What's your methodology for getting out there? What's the strategy? Yeah, well, there's a couple of pieces of the strategy that are critical for that. You know, the first is that we center love and power, right? We always say that we're all about uh, spreading love and, and building power. We believe if we can spread enough of the first, that we can build up a whole lot of the second. And I think when we ground our work in that, when we ground our work in that love, you know, uh, I have a mentor, you know, Sokwe Lumumba, who used to say, you know, to be an organizer, to be a revolutionary, you got to love the people, because if you don't love the people, you will betray the people. It's got to be centered in love, right? Um, and not not a not a mushy kind of love, right? Not a not a sentimental kind of love, right? Dr. King once said that we need both love and power, right? Power without love is reckless and abusive, but love without power is sentimental and anemic. It's not that sentimental and anemic love, right? It's that agape love. It's that radical love. It's that every now and then you got to turn over the table kind of love, right? That's that's the kind of love that we that we try to um, infuse in in this work. And then along with that, we got to have some black joy and some black culture. If you can't find joy in this organizing that we do, then you're not going to be able to sustain it very long. Even when you look at the summer of protests, right? The George Floyd protests, the Breonna Taylor protests, three straight months, protests in over 600 cities, right? 
as, as much tension as there was, as much pain and trauma as it was, when you looked at most of those protests, what would, what would you see? Every now and then you see folks, you see folks singing, you seeing folks dropping a rhyme and dropping a beat, right? You seeing folks doing a little bit of a dance. Our, our friends and family over at BYP 100, they're really good um, at the ways that they incorporate culture into, into their work, particularly when you're dealing with, with young folks. You've got to insert love, you've got to insert joy, you've got to insert culture, even as we're fighting for trauma, even as we're fighting for power, sometimes in a very traumatic um, circumstance. Mm. But that's always been our story, right? Even in slavery, in every oppressive situation, in every oppressive system, there is a space by which people are able to define themselves and find their traditions and find their culture and, and find some joy. Even in slavery, we would often have that, have that space, right? Um, to remind ourselves of our humanity and to find some, 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 some love and culture and joy. That has to continue if you're gonna sustain in this work. I was um, thinking today about that word love, you know, every day in the show with I love you and that's an action word. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I know that the 400 years of this system of destruction has made it really hard for, our to, for us to love ourselves, which is why representation matters, right? But it also has made it hard for us to love one another, you know, because mm -hmm. we have, of course have been conditioned to see one another not as brother and sister but as enemy you know i was talking about billy holiday's story coming in uh because andre day won but you know betrayal you know betrayal by the closest fred hampton infiltration betrayal malcolm x infiltration right hand man that audubon ball betrayal infiltration and and i can go down a list as organizers who, you know, y'all are tight among yourselves, how do we teach our, each other how, what love really looks like and how to love so that we can get to the finish line this time and not be stalled by betrayal? Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's got to be, uh, um, you know, it's got to be a love with your eyes open, right? That you got to, you, you know, just because you love doesn't mean that you, you're not also aware, that you're not vigilant. We Part of how the answer to the question is that we've got to tell those stories. We've got to remind folks about some of those, some of those failures, some of those betrayals, right? Some of the, some of the situations where, where we may have let love and kindness go too far or, or, or keep us from being able to see some things that may have been right around us, right? We got to study the, the, the tactics of the 60s and the tactics of COINTELPRO, the, the FBI's counterintelligence program, uh, which, which led to Fred Hampton's death, which, which led to Malcolm's death, which led to, um, or, or was at least part of, of King's death, right? And so we've got to tell those stories and we've got to learn those lessons and we've got to learn how to be um, full of love, right? As we do the work, but also mindful and security conscious, because I mean, you know, COINTELPRO has not ended, right? And even separate from COINTELPRO, you've got other types of betrayals. And even separate from the betrayals, you've got other types of enemies. Like, let us not forget that, that Dylan Roof came and prayed, prayed with the folks uh, in, in Charleston, right, before he then um, killed, killed them. And so, you know, we've got we've to be mindful. We've got to know the history. We've got to tell the stories. We've got to be smart and strategic, but we can never let it um, get in the way of us recognizing our humanity and the way that we relate to one another. I'm committed to having you and Latasha and as many organizers on as possible, Rosa Clemente and others, because mm -hmm. I think it is important uh, that the blueprint is set, right? So right. Uh, last time L Latasha was on, she talked about Texas, 
being up for grabs. And I'm like, yes, Louisiana, Kentucky, you know, for you, Cliff Albright, as you sit and you look at the map, do y'all have like this big map with little, little, I I imagine you have like little pinned things. You got this big map and y'all sit and you strategize around like, like Sun Tzu or something. Like what, what's, what's next for you? Like, and do y'all divvy it up? Well, Cliff, you take this, I take that. Uh, Then we got, you know, soldiers on the, on the grounds here and there and here and here. Is that is that the process? Yeah, you know, it's funny because it, it, it really is. We've got we've got the printed maps, you know, we got the maps on I got about uh fifteen tabs open on my laptop right now. It's got some maps of, of some of our states on it and within those states of what counties it is that we're going to target. You know, we really uh you know, we we we, we pride ourselves on being um students of the civil rights movement, but also being scientific in the way that we go about that work. And so yeah, we studied the maps, we studied the counties, we studied the demographics, we studied turnout. Um, it's really a collective process. Like we, both of us, um, as long as well as my wife, who's our legal director, and she's kind of like a silent third co-founder. But you know, all of us, you know, we collectively um, engage in the discussions around like what states we're going to go to and like what level of resources are we going to put in? Are we going to have one staff member? We're going to have four staff members, six staff members. You know, um, it's really a collective. A collective process because when you've been working with folks so long and and Latasha and I we've been we've been doing this for over 20 years there's a video that we just posted on our on our social media that shows us as as looking like just babies 20 years ago in that year 2000 in that election we're both in that video um as we're going around mobilizing folks and and fighting some of the same fights that we're fighting today against voter suppression so when you've been in this work with folks for so long and you're in alignment then you know it's easy to engage in those kinds of strategic discussions and even sometimes disagree about you know what what level of priority a particular state should be. But you mentioned Texas. We are very excited about Texas. Um, you know, we're we're just launching our program and some partnerships now. There's some incredible work that's already been going on in the state. It's really on the on the cusp of of, of changing, right? And changing for the better. Um, if we could get rid of Cancun, Cancun Ted and Flying Ted or whatever you want to call him, then you know the state will be a lot better off. But it's not just about him, right? It's it's about a governor, it's about a state legislature, it's about local governance. Many of the partnerships that we're building right now and, and the campaigns that we're supporting in Texas right now aren't even about the statewide stuff. It's about the local stuff. It's about a place like San Antonio, where the the police union has such a has a contract with the city that allows them, whenever a police officer gets fired for misconduct, that 60, I think it's 65% of them get rehired this is police who were fired for misconduct which is hard in and of itself right that's like almost impossible right exactly exactly and yet two-thirds of them wind up getting rehired just because of the nature of the contract that the union has with the city that's the kind of ballot initiative that we're working on with some partners there are incredible group called fix fix sapd right now a group um um, united fort worth um organizing to to control local politics in fort worth same thing in Dallas. And so we're really organizing around these local issues. And that's what we've been saying since the summer of protests, that look, those those issues that people are in the streets over, yeah, there's a federal dimension, there's a presidential dimension, there's state dimensions, but a lot of what people are fighting against is really when the rubber meets the road, it's at the local level. Who's who's the police chief? Who's the mayor that's hiring the police chief? Who's the city council people that are that are deciding what the budget is going to be on that police department or what that contract, that city contract is going to be with that police union? Uh, who's making the decisions about whether or not that police force is in the school system? A lot of this is at the local level. And guess what? That's what's going down in 2021. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. 2021 is not an off year. 
we say black voters matter. There's no such thing as an off year. And so we're, we're eager to be supporting groups again in Texas and in the other 10 states where we have our core programs um, because that's what's on the line. And again, it's, it's, it's really about our lives. Facts. Uh, Cliff Albright, if people are listening right now in Texas and they want to get involved and roll up their sleeves, and I'm going to keep having you guys back on as we get closer to election so we can activate folk to go, this is what you got to do on the ballot, this is what we need to do, but if they want to get involved with act, with with the activism that you, you're you doing at Black Voters Matter, where do they go? Yeah, they can reach out to us. They can go to our social media on uh, Facebook, Twitter, IG is Black Voters MTR, like matter. Black Voters MTR. They can check out our, our website, uh, www.blackvotersmatterfund, because um, we're about giving out resources and funding to the to the folks that we partner with in local communities. So it's blackvotersmatterfund.org, and they connect with us that way. But at the end of the day, what we're going to do is that we're going to help get them connected to those local groups who we partner with, and that's how we do this thing. We all work together. We can only go as far as the local groups that we partner with. Again, we're students of the civil rights movement. They could never go, SNCC, SCLC, they could never go to a community where there wasn't already some activism going on, right? Where there wasn't already a Fred Shuttlesworth in Birmingham right. um, or a Dallas County's Voter League in, in Selma. We follow the same, the same process. And so That's it's right. all about building up those local relationships and supporting that local organizational infrastructure, which I promise you exists in every one of these states. None of these states are red states. There are only states that have been um, underappreciated and underinvested in and undersupported, but they are not unorganized. They just need the support and some connectivity. That's part of what we try to bring to the table. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app. <laughs> 